0: Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster, who, uh, the final frontier might be the space between my ears. Uh, Have I said that before? Because it probably is true. And, uh, there's some voyages, uh, some stuff goes in one ear, goes on some voyages, uh, and comes out the other ear mate, there's probably an echo in there too. And you might be like, what is this? Where am I? Well, welcome to sleep with me. It's a podcast that's here to keep you company, take your mind off of stuff so that you could fall asleep. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for checking the show out. If you're new, if you're a regular listener, oh boy, so glad to see you again or listen. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I hope you're getting comfortable or easing your way into bedtime. And if you're new, you say, what is this show? I thought this was a bedtime story, but you're kind of talking and I say, yeah, well, this is a show that eases you into bed, takes your mind off of stuff, keeps you company. It doesn't work for almost anybody on the first try, so So give it a few tries, see how it goes. I'm so glad you're here. And the way it works, uh, you know, I'm just here to, you know, be your friend in the deep dark night, just like someone you would call. So, the structure, we're going to have some support. Then we'll have a long, meandering intro uh, that's meant to kind of ease you into bedtime. And then we'll talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. But if you don't watch the show, don't worry. It'll be like a, you see, it'll be like to your friend telling you a bedtime story that you don't need to listen to about the show. Like, yeah, tell me about watching that show. Okay, yeah, here's the show. It's, uh, let me, uh, it's like uh the next generation, which is so so it means uh so that's kind of what what it'll be like coming up so you see i don't I don't know anything about Star Trek or the next generation. It's don't worry, you'll know even less when I'm done, so uh that's it. I'm glad you're here. It's time for sleep with me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible. My patron peeps. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts you're thinking about, you know, thoughts uh, on your mind, thoughts about the past, the present, the future, you know, thoughts you're thinking about. So thoughts, uh, thinking stuff uh, on your mind... I have, I, my, my thoughts are always going, but they always, Peter, they're never there when I need, thoughts, they're always going, and this is not a joke, uh, they're never there when I need them, I don't even know, I'm not even sure what I covered so far, hey, do you have only toss, you turn mind, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Right. Well, Welcome, this is Sleep With Me, a podcast that put you to sleep, do it with a bedtime story. Whatever's keeping you awake—is that what I was talking about? I honestly, for some reason, my thoughts just uh, vacate. They were—they wa- don't go on a vacation. They wait for me to go on a vacation. I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about. You've probably—I don't know if you've tried to introduce a sleep podcast before and got incredibly confused. The good news is this is a safe place, so I'm able to kind of um, be myself and say, "Well, I don't know—I don't even know what I was talking." I mean, I rarely do. What, what I was trying, the point that was made for me, and I wasn't even trying to make the point, but I don't know if I've made this on the show before is that, uh, and this is uh, like, I probably have, it's like a lot of times during the day, I'm just thinking about stuff. Like I might even be thinking about making a podcast intro or talking to somebody later or talking to somebody important and that I never may, may never talk to. Or talking to someone I'm attracted to, or to, you know, trying to someone I'm trying to impress, or just other humans, which I'd be trying to impress or please anyway. And the part of me that's it's like working on conversations early or something. A lot of times, uh, and then I go to have a conversation. And I say, um, "Yeah. Uh, so what? Yeah. Hi. Okay. How you doing? Uh huh." Oh, yeah, it's, uh, there's, like, uh, it's weather. There's this weather, huh? How's your day going? Mm, uh-huh. Okay, uh, and they say, what's going on with you? Uh, mm, not much. And then that's it. Like, like, it's like crickets in my brain. And they say, didn't you have some soliloquy or, do, like, uh, some, like, grand observations? But now that I need you... Like, weren't you doing all this uh, conversational thinking when I w- when I was trying to meditate or, or relax? So whether it's thoughts, uh, keeping awake, thoughts about the past, the present, the future, you know, a lot of you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Uh, I can't be alone in this. It's not a fan. Like it's during- this comes up almost every day, multiple times a day. I'm not fantasizing, and I'm not imagining. But it's like, uh, it's, and it's a, 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 one of the many styles of repetitive thinking I have. But it's like this style of repetitive, and it's not, it, I mean, underneath it all, it's probably based on FEAR. But on the surface, it just seems like my brain's doing practice talking or practice making a speech or like a, saying, oh, when I catch up with this person, I'm going to... um." Tell them this and this, this and this. And it could be, most of the time, it's just like a, a version of myself that's never existed before. And I, I say, oh, well, that would be, but, but then I say, what are you doing? Because you, like uh, you're planning all this out, but then when the time comes, uh, you're no, you know, none of this. It's a weird kind of, I mean, I've been doing it prime my whole life. But it's like a life rehearsal. Maybe that's what we could call it. And it, it reach back, reach out to me. Let me know how much of your day is spent in rehearsal of life uh, in different forms. This is one specific form of life rehearsal. And I say, but you're rehearsing for a role. Then when the, the but but the, like uh, a fictional role that doesn't exist. But you're pretending it's not a fictional role and then i fall for it and then i say oh boy come on let's let's do this uh this is the worcestershire, our worcestershire moment uh when i can ask that person if they have worcester Worc- Worc- worcester sauce in stock or whatever and my heart's going pitter patter and i say uh, uh uh um uh like uh," so i don't know if anybody can relate to that we say rehearsal life or life rehearsal I have them both. Uh, I'm rehearsing for life. What are you doing later? Rehearsing. Oh, are you in a play? No, no. Rehearsing. Well, I, was, I should be rehearsing for this moment that we're talking about what I'm doing later. But I'm just being honest. I'll probably be rehearsing for life. Is that like living? Yeah, I'd say it's like living. <laughs> it's uh, not quite the same as living. Uh, it's a life in rehearsal edition. Maybe I don't know, do they have the game of life? It would just be like a, like it would be a spiral uh you'd say this is just like the game of life. we're going in circles, uh but I think the game of life ends so it ends at a mansion. No wonder I'm confused uh, I based my whole life on the game of life, and uh my but he say, okay, well, so i'm just I'm just spinning the wheel right now. I'm rehearsing. What are you doing? Practicing spinning the wheel of life. Uh, see if how many tens I can get. Even though that doesn't seem to impact. Uh, I mean, you got to get. It's mostly luck. Uh, the game of life. Uh, so I'm just practicing spinning the wheel, just in case it comes in. But it, you just said it's totally random. I'm rehearsing. I'm rehearsing for ro- like rehearsing spinning the dice, rolling the dice, to, uh, out there mixing it up, uh, rehearsal style. Now, if you're new, you might be like, what is going on here? And uh, part of me kind of feels, and it could, uh, part of me can relate. Now, there might be people that can't relate. Maybe there's something else you could relate to. If you don't have, you know, if you don't rehearse for life, that's probably good for you. Um, or pra- You could say life practice, uh, it, but practice would indicate that I'm getting better at it, where, where this is more of a repetitive thing. I'm escaping life by imagining. I'm rehearsing. I'm rehearsing for life. Uh, it's not as sad as it sounds. It's just. Uh, it, it's just the way it sounds. It's just the way I'm presenting it, but it can definitely get in the way of bedtime thoughts, feelings. They could be uh, emotions related to the thoughts to rehearsal. I don't know. I've grown comfortable with this stuff because I think I'm growing slightly, and I say. I mean, that's what meditation has helped me with. They say, oh, you're rehearsing for life. I didn't have that term till today. So thanks for the help, uh, podcast listeners. I would just say, why are you making, I mean, this is really how I'd be walking Koa. And then I would hear some part of, or I'd be slightly engaged. And I'd realize that part of my brain is making a speech to one of my siblings. Some impressive speech. It could be about, you know, whatever. Whatever geothermal energy let's just say and then part of me when i'm like in a more mindful state i say why what you what do you you're uh you're a geothermal expert now huh well, i guess that would make you feel better if you were like uh so you would like to be an ex you would like to uh sp- like uh proclaim you know whatever i don't know what it is but uh You'd like to present this uh, theory of geothermal energy and uh, but it's so repetitive I never quite get to the feelings because I say, "What are you feeling nervous or something?" or you just really like to be a like no, I don't want to be a ge and then the part of me saying no i don't I'm not interested in being an expert in geothermal energy, just sounding like I'm an expert. fill up some of that space. Okay, but this is someone we don't even have a conversation schedule. We we don't even, you we know, we're not speaking with them in, in it doesn't even have any immediacy. Well, yeah, no, I mean, we're just walking the dog. I figured I would rehearse on being an expert on geothermal energy and, impress, you know, impressing. I want to impress, oh, okay, you'd like to impress people. So whatever it is, thoughts, feelings, uh, Physical sensations could be keeping you awake, could be changes in time, temperature, routine, could be something else, whatever it is. And the reason I list all that is because you, like, uh, if you, even if you can't relate, I don't want you to feel alone in the deep dark night. There's a lot of people listening right now, and probably one of the people listening while. Not, I don't know how many people listening are going through what you're going through, whatever's keeping you awake, but a lot of us can probably relate to the feelings. I mean, this could be the first time I stunned the audience. They say, Really? You were hurt? I don't quite understand it, Scoots. And I say, That's fine. Uh, but they say, I know how it feels, though. I know that feeling. I say, Well, good. Thank goodness you know how it feels. Uh, that makes me feel less alone. I'm not even kidding, but I'm pretty confident. Uh, that there's people may, may not be the majority of listeners say, Oh no, I do that too. Uh, and that is another thing. I say, thank goodness. I'm not alone because in the deep dark night, it can feel that way and you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can rest and, and get some, uh, distraction and comfort and, uh, ideally have a bedtime you could at least feel neutral about or look forward to. So, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, like, uh, you, you deserve that, and if you get the sleep you need, your life is going to be more manageable, and that's important. That makes our world a better place, if your world is a better place. It's important to me, and it's important to me you see, well, you don't know me. I say, well, uh, but I know what it's like, and uh, it's important. You deserve it. You deserve some rest. So that's why I make the show. The other pieces of information, oh, how does this work? Well, I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones and pointless meanders, which we've already had. We're chock full of those. I've gone far afield. But all this is to keep you company and take your mind off stuff. So this is a podcast you don't really listen to. Some people listen to it as background noise. Some people listen to it like it's a TV in the other room. And some people are listening, but they aren't totally paying attention, which is great. But you can listen because there's no pressure to listen to the show. There's also no pressure to fall asleep. If you can't sleep, I'll be here to the very end. And I think that's what works about the show. Say, well, you could listen to me and I'll be here putting in work. But the kind of work I put in, it just happens to be well-suited for not being listened to. I mean, that interpersonal thing, my speech, is my, whatever that is, uh, part of me, life rehearsal, you wouldn't want to listen to that as a bedtime story, but you'd say, the skill's the same. I say, oh, okay, there you go again, like uh, making a speech or being impressive. Uh, and maybe, I, you know, I say, well, you're imp- you impress me. You know, that's part of me that doesn't, I say, well, you're impressive. Your efforts to uh, be impressive impress me enough. So this is a podcast you don't listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep either. Like I said, I'm here to keep you company, to be your boyfriend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your neighbor, your borber, your friend, your boyfriend in the deep dark night. To talk, someone there to talk to you that you don't have to listen to. It's a pretty sweet relationship if it works for you. Now, this podcast does not work for everybody. Like I said, it does take two or three tries to get used to. Probably, I'm not bragging. A million people have said that uh, took first. You know, I'm one of those few people that's gotten thousands or hundreds of thousands of things that I didn't really like you, uh, and then I realized, oh, doesn't matter, or oh, like uh, that's part of your your lack of charm is what makes you uh, somewhat charming. But most people said, oh, it just took two or three tries because I was skeptical or I had expectations of what a bedtime story podcast would be, or what, or the idea of what's soothing and calming. And then I realized, oh, this is show is supposed to be more distracting and friendly. So it does take two or three, three tries. If you already loathe the show or you tried it already a couple of times, com slash no thank you. has other sleep podcasts and other stuff you could check out. So check those things out uh what else uh do you need to know structure the show show starts off with a greeting friends beyond the binary ladies and gentlemen boys and girls then i say something like uh you know that pops in my head uh and uh that's so you can feel seen and welcome and you say well i might check this show out then there's support uh so the show can be free and come out twice a week which you know it's not a lot of podcasts that are coming out twice a week uh Uh, that are over an hour but so that's what enables us to do that then there's support for the listeners of the show and communities around the show then there's the intro which some people either lump in with the support or they get um at first they say what is this uh you're talking about life for and i say, yeah the intro is kind of like a life rehearsal too Because uh, if you're new, it kind of introduces you to the podcast. But for regular listeners, it might be their favorite part because it's the only part they hear. But for most regular listeners, there's a percentage of people that skip it and there is a percentage of people that fall asleep. But for most listeners, it's totally normal to listen to the intro as you're getting ready for bed or in bed getting comfortable or doing some sort of other wind down relaxing activity. Uh, By the way, I tried ironing as part of my wind-down routine last night. I don't have time to go on a tangent about it, but it didn't go too bad. Um, So, whatever, not not in bed, obviously, (laughs) clearly, uh, though that would be a bad idea, so it might be something I'd try. But so, intro is meant to help give you a buffer between being awake and being asleep to ease you into bedtime. So, not so much meant to put you to sleep, but uh, to introduce you or to reestablish our boar friendship. Then there's a support for the show. Uh, again, so it can be free twice a week. And then there's our bedtime story tonight. We'll talk about Star Trek TNG, but it'll be nice and uh, friendly and meandering. So, that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. Um, what qualifies me? Clearly, I just you know, if I am, I am not totally being myself. Obviously, I'm being a better version of myself, but uh I mean, that's some of the stuff that goes on with me during the day. So I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by, and I hope and I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. So thanks again for checking the podcast out. And here's a couple ways we're able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, Scoots here. We're talking about uh, Star Trek The Next Generation uh, Season 3, Episode 21, Hollow Pursuits. And we'll go through my notes first, uh, maybe stop. I don't know if we we need to uh, look anything up. And then we'll roll the tape for some dialogue. Uh, Door to 10 forward, denim Oh, Deanna in blue. Barkley, like a Western at a bar. So we're in 10 forward. We see Deanna Troy in a, uh, she comes, I think she comes into 10 forward in this like, uh, kind of formal blue dress. And Lieutenant Barkley was not a main cast, uh, but is a familiar face. If you're around in the eighties, Dwight Schultz, I think. And. Uh, yeah, we could look that up. Uh, well, let's get through to the open. But he's there. Guinan is also in blue, but in a similar blue. I don't know if it's a royal blue uh, to uh, Troy. Uh, Guinan is tendon bar. Barclay's got a bottle of liquor and a, you know, a glass, uh, and it's seemingly uh, under the influence so that's like a first thing of like something's not right here because uh, it's not that's not synth the hall you're drinking, and then he uh, uh, Barkley has something where he talks back to Jordy. then he says, "Listen, pal, get out of my life." Uh, then uh, Riker comes up, Troy, Barkley. Oh, here's, then, yeah, he, he says, you're insubordination. And he, Barkley goes, here's to insubordination. It was very much like the movie A Christmas Story. Like it had the very same feel. I mean, it was a fantasy sequence anyway. And, like, a fantasy of an empowerment sequence. And what does it say? Barclay to ear George runs. So he gets called, I not know. This doesn't happen yet. He goes over to Troy. Oh, Jordy runs off. Uh, My notes are decipherable. This one I didn't have to do in the car. I did this, uh, you know, watching it. So a little bit better light. And Troy says to him, I feel your confidence. Uh, And uh, I don't know if they kiss because he gets a call to go to, um... De, something bay cargo bay 5 or department 5 now uh, darn it or something darnation be right there how does the captain know Oh, how does the computer know when to call back like this is one question I had at the very end and the beginning so you know I'm only used to the speakers we have the smart speakers where you say a wake word then you talk to it and uh and then hopefully it stops, uh, but I, like, uh, I just didn't know cause he was already talking like he never used, I didn't hear him use a wake word to say, oh, reply to Jordy, but don't reply to the part I'm saying under my breath or whatever. There's also a transporter in the, um, cargo bays or whatever. I don't know if that's an inner ship transporter. I know I looked it up before jordy and are there they're talking about this was like an episode where i took um exception to a lot of the main staff's uh behavior and again i'm not in starfleet so i don't know all the codes and stuff but i said is this okay i I don't think it is i mean i'll just be honest with you and uh the things need to change around uh, the ship uh and i'm not okay with some of this stuff uh Especially I mean, I very much relate to Barkley. I think I'm a little more I'm on time, so I don't have that issue most of the time, except when I'm late. Uh but uh I mean I have a social awkwardness. I have an inability to communicate directly and clearly, even when I'm not feeling socially awkward. And uh I just feel different. Uh and also I tend to, you know, fantasize and isolate, uh, so Barkley, but this was the best part. So they they got a broken seal on some sort of container and then Barkley says, uh, Barkley comes in, but he tries to hide, which I would do. I would totally do this, uh, uh, and, uh, super nevers artist gunk, but they say, get over here. What are you doing? Hey, I think, uh, Jordy says super nervous. And uh, Riker grabs his arm. He goes, do you understand what's going on here? Riker looks back. We'll do the dialogue in a minute. CL tissue picker. Oh, yeah, so they're picking up some um, tissues. uh, Strong and aloe and delivering them. Captain's log, 43807.4. Everything everything looks normal. So they're having problems with this... uh, Floating thing. What is a maglev, something or other? It's uh, not working. O'Brien even says, "Darn it all!" Nope. It looks everything looks normal, but doesn't work. It spills some of this. Uh, spills some of the. In the future, in order to have the most aloe in your tissues and lotion, they keep them um, in some sort of cryogenic state. These tissues are cryo- or transported, they're no longer in a cryogenic state, but they are transported cryogenically. Here's the thing, why don't you just have the replicator make tissues? Can you do that? Or is it can only make f- food? I don't know. Rude arms of present problem. Hot SD cards. Uh, and then they go to Picard, they're telling on Barclay. And they use his nickname. I was like, th- this is not, I mean, Picard, Picard does speak up about it, but I'm just like, this is not okay. Like, and actually Picard speaks, uh, even better about it. He says, uh, well, they say, okay, Picard goes, I looked at his file. Like, uh, he's qualified. And they say, well, maybe captain Gleason buttered our bread. He's and Riker says he has seclusive tendencies. And Picard basically says, no way. There's no easy way. Try harder. Jordy, he's a member of your team. You're supposed to help him. Picard warms his hands. uh, Put, peel, disrespect one side. Oh, he says, put your personal discomfort to one side, Jordy. I said, holy cow. That's the advice I've been looking for my whole life. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And after they leave, Picard looks looks, uh, irritated. Then Jordy shows up, Reg on the floor. He's working on that machine, the maglev thing. How's it going? Jordy tries, uh, goes, AM, we're going to have a mission breeding. He, he uses, uh, Barkley uses a high voice. What on? Uh, and, uh, he goes, are so you going to be there on time? I'll be there on time, sir. Then they have the meeting. They don't have coffee. I mean, maybe they had it before. But I'll tell you what, even, I mean, I, this is another reason I wouldn't be on, I would say, wait, you can't bring coffee to the morning briefing? Okay, well, that's going to be an issue. Could I zoom in or something while I drink coffee from my room? Uh, Barclay's not there. He rolls in. Okay, now we can get started. No me four, pretty routine. We're going to do some impulse versus, there's a joke about impulse versus warp drive that only they would get. Uh. And everyone interrupts Barclay when he's trying to talk. Then he's in uh, Troy's office uh, pacing. Help you re- re- relax with a kiss. Uh, now, the other side of it is this Barclay's behavior in, in uh, the uh, holodeck is definitely not fine either. And I would say if it's at least unethical, if not, I mean, like we'll talk about it more. Also we learn a little bit about Jordy. then no. I guess I gotta f- figure out that situation too. In the mood for someplace unusual. So they go like uh so then you realize oh this is a um holodeck thing. I mean their kiss kind of revealed that uh I don't know if did they actually kiss but they go to like uh some sort of like forest type place uh and uh then Troy is the goddess of empathy. Embrace, love, truth, and joy. Then they have a big kiss. Then we're at 10 forward. West Troy, I don't think Troy was there. Data, they call, I think probably Riker, but they're calling him a real project. Data calls, out, uh, calls them out for using broccoli because they call him Broccoli, not Barkley. Oh, that other dude is there. I don't know his name, but it comes up later. Then they have a glass failure. I thought it was a gag glass at first. I said, wait a second, is Barclay playing tricks on them now? And this really was like uh, the one uh, plot point that I had trouble with because I said, while well, Data does, like, I, I thought Data would just obsessively try to solve this, uh, Data is curious. Like, so the dude's glass kind of melts in his hands or partially melts. And they, I mean, they don't totally dismiss it, but they say, uh, they could look into it. I mean, I guess they're following formal things. They got to find figure out a unshielded power source. Well, there's 4,000. Well, I'll put reg on it. Uh, another mystery power system leak was going to try and explain and something could be related. So it could be related to the, maybe somehow it's related to the maglev thing. Uh, Sure, sure ride the glass, uh, Barclay suggested the link. Uh, he, he, he talks like me. Barclay does. Riker spills the nickname. Oh no, but Picard, or, or is this when they tell Picard that he has a nickname? But actually Picard, uh, oh, Picard accidentally says his nickname says, thank you, Lieutenant Broccoli excuse me data says brock brock bark to brock's easy but picard's po'd the reason i chose this episode is i was trying to get a little more of Guinan. so Guinan and geordie are talking she's an orange and yellow almost like a fleece-like material a velvet fleece how do you know that i know he's a decent flail in family oh so we'll talk more about this when we get to the misfit uh Filling in, oh, fitting in repels, repulses me. That's what, uh, tr- or, uh, Guinan says, the man is nervous. I'd probably be late and nervous too. If everybody's on my case, uh, that's not the point. Are you sure? No, pa- here's the other thing. So Barkley's in the, um, holodeck. We all know what goes on in the holodeck at this point. So I just can't, I mean, I guess if you were an officer, you'd be able to override passwords. But couldn't there be some sort of, I mean, I guess Barkley would forget anyway, but it's like, I mean, I realize you can't lock the, the lock everybody out of the holodeck. That wouldn't work. Or maybe they'd learn that lesson. But couldn't you like put, like change the lights out front or something to be like, Hey, uh, I'm using the holodeck after dark, holodeck after dark. Okay. I mean, I guess you'd always use it, because who would want to see you, like, even if you were like, hey, I'm just going to go uh, ride a bike on the seaside. I'd say, I don't want to be interrupted, you know, like, I'm going to ride a bike on the seaside, on the holodeck. Uh, and they said, really, riding a bike? I said, yeah, no, no, actually riding a bike on the seaside, uh, like, that's not that's actually what I'm going to be doing. So it just surprised me you could just walk right in. But again, that could just be they say, "Dude, we don't need to put that in there." Jordy's an the officer, and I say, oh, "Okay, fair enough." But uh, conf- you know, for me, I would put at least like I'd put like a piece of tape at least, so the doors would pause. And they say, "Huh, somebody put a piece of tape on this door." of the holodeck. Uh maybe I should only take two steps in. Also, shouldn't there be a holodeck paint paging system? I mean, how about that? Like, you pause the holodeck and obscure, like, blurify it or something. I don't know. I mean, it's good because without the revelations, uh, we can't get to the conclusion. No paging system, yeah. Uh, Jordy goes in, and it gets weird fast. Uh, really weird. It's weirder at the beginning. We got Beverly and Wesley. Wesley's dressed like uh, Peter Peter Pumpkin eater or something, or little boy Blue. I couldn't even I didn't even recognize him. Beverly is dressed in some sort of like uh, Victorian thing. She's on a swing. There's music, British accents, self self taught. Mister Captain Picard uh, sees Geordie. Oh, okay, so then. There's like, uh, I think this is the next part. So then they say, where's, um, so he says, Beverly, Wesley, oh, Wesley's in trouble. Uh, he's been grounded by, uh, Mr. Barkley. And, uh, they, then it's like the three Musketeers versus Barkley, Data, Geordi and Picard. I think a Riker. And then he goes, Barclay, man, like, so then they see Geordie and then Barclay sees Geordie and it's like, oh dear. So then we cut to 10 forward and Barkley's like, I guess this is it, the end of my career. Uh, he was really just having fun, uh, like fencing, but uh, I've spent my, half a few, oh no, Geordie says, and I quote, I've spent a few hours on the holodike before Reg." never used actual other staff members which the computer just should just be like no i can't do it i mean that's the easy solution also in the background guy brings him two warm milks because she says that's what barclay drinks uh he says it's kind of unusual and barclay to his credit says i need to blow off some i mean only the thing with Jordy says i have to blow off some steam i wanted to feel empowered uh Geordi misguidedly says it is kind of therapeutic, but you should talk to Troy. Uh, then something is my life, so I'll have to figure out what that is. O'Brien to uh LaForge, uh, we've got trouble in the transporter room. Talk to Troy. No, 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 no. I mean, there's a friend and your commanding officer, so you have to. O'Brien, we've got some phase transition coils gone or something. I don't think, uh, I don't got anywhere to go. So basically, they try transporting this thing just from one side of the uh, transport to the other, and it, it gets broken, just some sore piece of metal tube or something. Then we get a engineer something, chief engineer log from Geordi. And then P- Picard, Riker, and Geordi are in transport room three. Got some sort of level one something. Uh, Can we make it 1400 hours? Oh, then he says, let's get Barclay on this too. Can we do it now? And then Jordy says, how about at 1400 hours? Uh, And we're in Troy's office. Hey, how are you feeling about therapy? Yes, no. Which one? Are you intimidated by a therapist? Uh, Yes, no. Which one? I like uh, how. The pink walls in Troy's office, like, I guess I would want to learn more about the sunshine, sunlight, um, simulate, you know, the ability to simulate sunlight and windows in the feel of sun, uh, in rooms. Hers is not so, so much sunlight, but it is like a comforting light with pink walls. Inner something, lean back, close your eyes. For first therapy session, I was like, this is way too much to have somebody close their eyes. Uh, listen to the sound of my voice. Then there's some really good comedy because he does one breath with her. Then he does it again, like way over the top a few more times. He goes better, much, much better. Uh, great, uh, totally cured. He exits. Then again, something I wasn't comfortable with because Troy goes to the bridge on the bridge, talks to Jordy about one of her patients or whatever clients, uh, She says, I just had a very strange visit from, and I said, WTF. Uh, Then it's past, then this is the same time they're supposed to have their meeting on the bridge. Riker's like, it's past 1400 hours. Where's this guy? And I guess I would say, uh, uh, though at the start of the episode, I was being uh, critical. It can relate to Riker's frustration and Geordi's frustration and bafflement, uh, especially because I'm sure that they're, uh, expected to, you know, they they there's high expectations of them. So then they say, where is this guy, computer holodeck two, Rikers PO would Jordy says, I'll go get him. Riker goes, no, I'm going to get him. I want to see what he's doing in there. Uh, he doesn't say that, but, uh, and then Jordy goes, I better go. Troy, you better come with us. Uh, he's been running some unique programs. I don't care what he's been running. Uh, they roll up, uh, Picard, uh, oh, we hear Picard's voice, Data, Wesley. This is, and Riker sees all this. He says, this is a violation of protocol. And they say, well, I don't think there is any protocol. And he says, well, there ought to be. And he goes, then we see Riker, Riker wants to delete himself or, or the whole thing, the program. And Troy goes, belay that order. Oh, yeah, then Riker, the uh, holograms are making fun of Riker. Or they call him yellow. Then they have, they go, why, why don't you deal with number one? So then, a, like, uh, a lesser Riker shows up, a more kid-like one. Uh, personal look, uh, personal something in all the holodeck. And uh, the image, uh, like, uh, and then he says, get rid of that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, it like uh, it's probably like uh, uh, Troy Riker and Jordy are going back and forth. Uh, she goes, maybe this is helpful for him to process stuff. He can't just get rid of his fantasies now. He'll totally be without anything if this is a source of ease and comfort. And uh, then we see Troy. Then after Troy says that, then we see her as the goddess of empathy. She's really not happy. Then we're on the bridge. We see Data's face. Warp Seven. He goes, they, he calls jordy goes, we need to find Barkley now. Then Troy tells the empathy Troy goddess to muzzle it. Uh, and then we see Beverly and Barkley sleeping and she's like kind of rubbing his head. And th- I mean, this has got to be tough because uh, they're leaving the holodeck. It's like, oh, dear. Uh, jordy was in love, fell in love with someone on the holodeck. But I need you here, man. Now more than ever, not a captain problem journal. Okay, so all of a sudden uh, they can't unlock the warp drive, so it starts increasing 6.6, 6.65, 7.7, and uh, there's like a Picard zoom. They're already up to warp 9, 15. You know, the ship's going to fall apart at this rate at 15 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh and then there's like a sleep with me episode on they have a meeting. Where they're talking about, it. we'll do that. Uh they're up at nine point four, the ship shakes, uh something twelve minutes, uh they're trying to figure out ideas, and then Barco says, What if it's one of us uh is the connection, uh not a systemic explanation. You know, we're interacting with all the systems, or we only us uh, and ann O'Brien, somebody Duffy and O'Brien. Scan them, okay. How many things could uh, we don't scan for normally? Fifteen thousand five hundred twenty-five. How many can exist? This is where you really see that if you are in Starfleet, you got to be top. Well, I couldn't do any of this. Well, how many can exist? In oxygen five thirty-two. How many can change the molecular structure? Glass, five. They keep eliminating it down to two things. Let's see, okay, one of those, uh, this is like, those two things haven't been used but since before, you know, the old days. Uh, so those before all our systems were invented. Oh, one of those is used in containment containers for tissues. Uh, maybe they're still using it on a planet we got the tissues from uh we then Jordy calls we got a working theory he collapsed uh okay we got five minutes uh then they go okay we're going to go down and scan these containment canisters uh they put on michael jordan or not michael jordan like they put on sh- sparkly gloves uh mj put uh and then they're scanning three minutes, 30 seconds. Then there's some purple sparkles. They say that's the stuff. Uh, Duffy and O'Brien were contaminated with it. Uh, not bad for humans, just for some of our systems. Drop it down to 200 degrees uh, with some cryo stuff, and uh, that should we don't know what'll happen, but hopefully it'll work. Make it so 45 seconds. Then data's like, okay, we're at 150, 200. Okay, one of our actuators works, but the other one's still locked. It's uh, a cycle, you know, reset it, uh, run the power. Luckily, that happens nearly instantaneously. Okay, shut it down, we're saved, just slow it down. Nice work, Jordy and Barkley. Glad you were in the real world today with me. Then we're on the bridge. Uh, with all the crew that had appeared in Barclay's dreams or fantasies. He walks to the front of them and talks, my decision to leave you is so difficult, uh, but it's been fun. And then we realize it's a simulation. And then he goes, uh, erase all all Barclay programs. And then he goes out, but then he says, accept program nine. So I don't know, like when you leave the room, does that when it empties the trash? Like, cause I say you already r- erased them. I've done that before. Like it's like formatting versus erasing, I guess. Uh, and, uh, then he, f- 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 something out the episode, uh, forces out episode sand. Okay. We got Guinan and Barkley, wherever you go, trouble follows Lieutenant Barkley. You're on duty. No synth, no hanging out. Is that a fact? Uh, Jordy says, Yeah, observe it. Get back to your post. And he says, Look, pal, why don't you do me a favor? Take your attitude and get out of my life. Uh, then he gives a, a, like a slight push to Troy or Geordie. Then Riker stands up, walks over insubordination, and he goes, Uh, Here's to insubordination. Troy's watching all the whole time. He looks at her. Here's to insubordination. And him and Riker dance. Uh, he goes, you're nothing but a pretty mannequin in a fancy uniform. Full of hot air. If Picard needs me, he can come talk to me. And he releases Riker from the dance moves. Uh, he d- looks over at Troy justice shirt uh heads over there jordy runs out this is that was the most uh uh christmas story thing i like your confidence your arrogant resolve troy says to him and uh says uh, it's cute uh and then he goes G- get down to cargo bay five now they call him and make it fast i don't know where you're at uh and he turns sparkly before he leaves 10 forward, It's a safe program. Make sure right where we're at. Uh, and he rubs his hands. He goes out. And uh, heads off. Uh, and that's where we're like working on these canisters of tissues. I don't know what to do with them. Guys always wait like Jordy's telling on them. In front of other crew members. How's a guy like that get through the academy? Riker says, let's talk to the captain about broccoli. That's what Wesley calls him. Keep it to yourself, uh, Well, Fitz. And they say, we got a broken seal. Okay, get rid of those tissues. Uh, can't have tissues that are dried out uh, without proper aloe. Barclay comes in and tries to hide. Shorty says, hey, get over here. Is It's a problem for you to be on time? He says, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. He's squeezing his hands. Uh, He had a bit of a communique, which, uh, and they go, we don't want to hear it. Like, uh, we're getting an intermittent problem with this uh, anti-grav unit. And then he goes to try to walk by Riker. Riker says, I'm sick of reading your name on reports. Uh, I don't know what you got away with on the last posting, but this is the enterprise. We have a different standard here. Understood? Yeah, understood. Uh, Riker walks off, gives him one last look, shakes his head. Doors close. And episode opens. Uh, and then we have a captain's log, 438-07.4. Yeah, we got those tissues. Uh, then Barclay's working on the stuff. Uh it's like, I can't find anything that's wrong, but it's uh, still not working. and don't understand what's wrong. Uh, Jordy goes, oh, we need more help down here. Passive-aggressive, too. Okay, then we're at the ready room where they're telling— I mean, I don't know how to describe it. they than They're looking at his file. I'm not accustomed to somebody having an unsatisfactory rating. Riker says, I'm not sure he's Enterprise Material. Uh, and Jordy had a transfer request in. Yeah, I hate to say it, but uh, I thought I could work with anybody. But I don't understand this guy. Makes me nervous. Makes everybody nervous. Broccoli. Oh, yeah, that's his nickname. Crusher calls him that. Uh, caught on. Well, let's uncaught that. Uh, he's been a competent in Starfleet for years. He was on the Zukov. And Captain Gleason says, great. uh and you go, yeah, maybe that was him buttering our bread. Buttering our bread. He's got a history of seclusive tendencies, even at the Academy. And yet he chose this way of life. Uh, same commitment, Picard says. It's easy to transfer a problem to somebody else to deal with. It's too easy. George like, I've tried. Try harder. He's a member of your team. And, you know, find some way to help him make a positive contribution. Get to know him better. Make him your best friend. Best friend, Jordy says. Uh, I can barely, I don't even like being around him. And this says, put your personal discomfort to the side. Riker doesn't even wait. He just walks off. Uh guard looks at his file one more time. Okay, that's when Jordy goes back. He's, like, working on it. Can't figure out what's wrong. Let's go to the morning. Why don't you meet me at the morning briefing? Which, of course, he's late for. That's when he uses his high voice. I'll be on time, sir. So we got the briefing starting. Like I said, no coffee. Uh, First a little socializing, but they're all on time. Wesley's even there. Start your brains, gentlemen. Let's do it. Where's Barkley? Uh... And haven't seen him. he goes, okay, well, I we got to get started. And then he runs in. Sorry. I go, okay, NAMI-5 is pretty routine, so let's do, you know, usual uh, upkeep and the mag mag stuff and the antimatter injectors. Duffy, you'll have that assignment. Costa, got to do some flow maintenance, too. Good idea. Ensign Crusher, he'll be helping you out. Uh, and, uh, you'll, you'll help you Myers, uh, teach him the difference between impulse and warp drive. Everybody laughs at that. uh, Barkley's been working on the mystery. He tries to explain it and then Wes interrupts him and then Jordy interrupts him. Wes interrupts him a few times. What have you found out so far? Well, I mean, Wesley is, does talk about like, he's like, oh, I was trying to help him like brainstorm. Or brainstorming, but he is interrupting him. And even Jordy, like, I mean, the guy doesn't have any ability to assert himself. uh, But uh, yeah, he's like, uh, okay, check out the flow capacitor, anti grav chain collapse. uh, Okay, great. uh, So he's not seen or heard in this scene, even though Jordy's trying. Then we have a scene with Troy. I don't know what to say. He's kind of, you know, I should have told him to mind his own business, that kid. Uh, I know more about flux capacitors than uh, I need to hear from a 17-year-old. They say, Reg, calm down. You're getting too upset. Uh, Why are you so hard on yourself? Uh, He goes, you don't know how hard it is being me. And she goes, I understand. You got to let it go. Let it go, you know. You're here with me now. He goes, okay. And uh, she she starts rubbing his shoulders. And he uh, says, okay, I don't know if I... Uh, and you're like, oh, okay, this is a, whatever that thing's called. Um, uh, imitation station, whatever it's called. Uh, holodeck. Uh, then he makes a new, you know, the forest appear. She becomes the goddess of empathy. Then we go to 10 forward it's it's uh, Duffy, I think, uh, Data, and Wesley. And he's like, uh, we're too, I thought we were trying to pitch ideas, Wes. Or Wes says, because, uh, well, I'm trying to, Barclay is my new project. Uh, by the way, no nicknames. Uh, I'm just trying to get him out of his shell. So uh, so Data says, I don't understand. Uh, nicknames supposed to be when you're friends with somebody but you're using it clandestinely and it's supposed to be uh nicknames generally denote denote fondness, uh, between friends. Uh, and it seems like not, not in that spirit, friendly spirit. Uh, Jordy goes, yeah, right. Then we have the leaking glass. Uh, guy says, what in the double hockey sticks too? And, uh, data checks it out. Uh, can't be the replicator totally bizarre unshielded power source that means we're gonna have Barclay. can you help us with this uh, another mystery Well, I thought you told me to work on this other thing uh the antigrav uh they show Riker. go to put in at Starbase. Well, we'll have a better idea. Barclay's running a check on the power systems could be related between the two incidents and Picard goes huh really uh will your investigation affect our power during the mission no no I mean we'll shut some stuff off but we'll have it uh we'll figure it out uh, a few at a time so you know I got a plan he goes so he goes on and on and on like I do insisting it shouldn't then he says and look forward to your report Mr. Broccoli And Riker almost cracks up, uh, and that's when Riker's just not pleased. Data has to comment on it, but Data realizes it and turns away. Picard has not just looking mad. He's like a little bit embarrassed. Uh, Then we have, uh, yeah, I know him, Guinan and uh, Jordy Comes in, doesn't say much, orders a warm milk, helps him sleep. You should try it, Jordy. Because Jordy laughs, because it's so much tougher drinking synthes, synth- 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 uh, other synthahol. Jordy goes, I can't figure this dude out. Uh, he doesn't talk much. Uh, does he have any friends? Guy says, Not that I've seen. Well, what do you do with a guy like that? She goes, Well, I serve him more milk and let him be. And Jordy goes, Well, I'm not so lucky. I can't just let him be. He's a problem. She goes, Huh, well. He's imaginative. How do you know that? She goes. I have my ways. Uh, she's like. Uh, she goes. I know. Maybe the wrong line of work. Uh, she goes. You engineers. You know. You know your imaginations. Uh, and Jordy goes. That's not it. Uh, he doesn't fit in. She goes. Oh, okay. I get it now. She almost walks off. And uh, she goes. Yeah, Turkum reminds me of turkum as my mom's brother uh was a family misfit Uh, everybody said don't bother with turkum and she goes i spent as much time as i could uh he was the only member of my family i liked he had a sense of humor but no one hung out with him long enough to realize it uh and my mom says i'm like him she goes the idea of fitting in repels me as i said uh and Jordy goes, maybe I'm not making myself clear, And He's always late, always nervous. Uh, no one wants to be around him. And he goes, she goes, yeah, if no one wanted to be around me, I'd be late and nervous too. Come on. Gynon, that's not the point. Are you sure it isn't the point? Uh, she solves the whole episode. Once again, Jordy calls Barkley. Can't get hold of him. That's when he goes to the holodeck. We see all the weirdness. Uh it's okay, let me get let me talk to Mr. Barkley, right? Uh got that kind of three musketeers type scene. And uh, then they finally realize it's a pretty extensive action scene. Really good, like action and humor. And that's when he says, Oh god, Geordie's here, the real Geordie I'm fired, uh, he goes, I'll just, uh, resign. They're a 10 forward, uh, reassignment, uh, he goes, I don't he goes, the whole ship knows I don't fit in here, so I can't cut it, uh, non-enterprise material. Jordy says, I spent a few hours on the holodeck, too, uh, what you do on the holodeck is your own business, uh, if it doesn't get in the way of work. And he goes, you're not going to spill the, the tea to everybody about this, uh, the warm milk, uh, Guinan's there. She he goes, well, you're imaginative. Uh, it is unusual. Uh, people, you know, and he goes, well, yeah, I had to work out my irritation with you. And it's like, dude, no, 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 I need to blow off some steam. And he goes, okay, you got to talk to Troy. This might be therapeutic, but at least Jordy does advance it. Uh, oh, this is where it's my life right here. Uh, let me read this part. Uh, we, you know, you, do, you don't know what a struggle it's been for me, Commander. I'd like to help. Because uh, I forget, I'm afraid of forgetting people's names. Uh, not, Don't know what to do with my hands. And he goes, I'm the guy who writes down things uh, to say when there's a party. Uh, and when he finally gets there, he winds up alone in the corner. We're trying to look comfortable examining a potted plant. And I said, that's my life. uh he goes, you're just shy, Barkley. Barkley goes, he, he goes, dude, just shy. Said, nothing, you, thanks. He goes, sounds like nothing serious, huh? He goes, you just don't understand. Uh, and then they get interrupted. And he goes, talk to Troy as your friend and the commanding officer. And then we have the holodeck scene, then the chief engineer's log, and then another holodeck scene with the broken thing. Then he meets with, uh, Councilor Troy, which is just classic comedy. Uh, really got to watch it. Uh, is breathing totally fine now. Thank you. Uh, breathe in, breathe out. I think I got that. He says it multiple times. Oh, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Uh, perfect. Uh, problem solved. Uh, so that's when Troy goes to tell Jordy. Then Riker's like, you're late. They're late. He's late. So then they go, okay, let's go to the hall deck and look into this. By the way, it's some unique programs. Uh, and uh, we see all these strange versions of the, ca- uh, the crew. They can't interrupt this. Uh, Where's Barkley? They laugh at Riker. He gets rid of the alternate Riker. I guess the alternate Riker is supposed to be very short because the real Riker's so tall. And uh, Riker's like, "Mr. Barkley's gonna be in big trouble." Uh, discontinue image of Riker. Uh, and you uh, see, you have no sense of fair play. They go, "Where's Barkley, man?" And they they ignore him when he asks they all walk out walk away the characters and we got to search this whole thing to find him and uh Troy's trying to say this could be healthy behavior until she sees a goddess of empathy which is the least offensive thing I think like uh it's just more of like uh she's just saying kind of buzzwords uh but they say, okay, well, then that's when the warp picks up speed. Well, no, it just was maybe, like, that one is just, like, a little malfunction. And they go, we got to get Barkley. He's asleep. He actually says, like, man, I was exhausted. Uh, I was stressed and tired. Uh, and they go, we better get to engineering. Let's see what the whole conversation's like. Uh, this must have been, I mean, this would be, like, one of the most awkward moments of anybody's life. At least Beverly, it wasn't there. Uh, But yeah, they walk off, uh, and Troy says, we got a lot to talk about Barclay. Uh, Got a lot of work to do, but we got to get to engineering right now. And uh, Riker and Troy share a look. He uh, raises his eyebrows. He says, I was so tired. Uh, I worked 12 hours on the power systems, and then the transporter went down. He goes, what about the help from Troy? But you, instead of getting help, you went into the thing. because goes, I can't help myself. He goes, all addiction. He goes, I know how easy it is. I fell in love in there once, uh, but I knew it was, when it was time to turn it off, I could say goodbye. He goes, the people in there are more real than the people out here, except for you, Jordy, because you don't make fun of me behind my back ever, uh. Okay, so then they're trying to figure stuff out. The ship won't go out of warp. It's jammed. Picks up pace. Now we have a ticking clock for the end of the episode. And pretty high stakes. I mean, everyone stays uh, extremely calm. Uh, okay, so this is a Sleep With Me episode to have a meeting in engineering. Um, okay, we're going to we'll get some ideas. We'll forge out. All right, like everybody come up. No idea. No bad ideas. uh what about a magnetic quench of the fusion pre-burners? Nope, uh, magnetic fields. Uh, fuel inlet servos caught in cycle? No, the swirl damplers would be frozen too. Nothing showed up on diagnostics. There were no problems in the flow flow of the... There's nothing wrong with the computer protocols or the power systems, Jordy says. Everything's physically jammed. Injectors freeze, transporters, antigrav, grav twisted glass. What's the connection? And they're like, uh, and then they hit uh, nine. They can't separate the ship either because it'll disrupt the, because they're in such high speed. Plasma flow Then the cells is not working. You got 12 minutes. Uh, what if one of us is the connection? You know, we work with all these things. And this again was very impressive, just showing how they are able to like i guess intellectually and creatively problem solve uh but based on a breadth and width of and depth of knowledge as a team and they narrow it down to those two things then they narrow it down oh which one could be used in containment of tissues and then they work in theories then they walk but they walk all the way to the thing which i said that's I don't uh, I guess you can't transport and they're like, okay, well we got to drop the temperature and that all works in the reset. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, then, you know, they, they drop the thing. They re you know, they reset, they go, okay, just, uh, restart the power and, uh, matter injectors online, ventral relay, you know, reset that thing. That's it. And then Barkley, uh, and Geordie have a moment. Uh glad you were here with us in the real world. Uh, and then Barclay says goodbye to the ship. Uh but he's actually actually saying goodbye. I didn't even realize this is how dense I am sometimes. Uh let's read through it because I just realized he's saying goodbye to the characters. Uh I just realized It's been most difficult uh to reach this decision to leave you. But after thinking about it, And discussing at length with Council Troy in the real world, I guess, in between the lines. I think it's for the best. Uh, So I want to thank all of you for your support. And uh, you're always welcome here, Reg. He goes, I know. So that's so difficult to leave. Uh, Now I get it. Uh, Holy cow. That's even better ending than... I was like, why is he faint? And they said, it's a pleasure to serve. I thought he was practicing. Good luck, Reg. Since it's been fun now it makes sense i thought it was like an awkward practice of getting kicked off the ship but really it's like a really touching moment where he's saying he's deleting those programs uh wow so that's why i watch the show so many times there's always a new layer to uncover uh almost i just almost glossed over and skipped over so you're really here together with me for a nice little moment to enjoy uh he closes his eyes too. uh he goes to walk off uh and that's the end of the episode uh good night everybody uh get to, to get one more button to button up off to dreamland good night